interesting thing about the market we're in, we're in a different market than we've been in since, I want to say 2005, six, where you can make money almost doing anything. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes a free service, here comes a free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714. I interviewed her about her best ever advice. Talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you've got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluff with us today. Paul Lizell, how you doing, Paul? Great. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Paul. He virtually wholesales bank-owned REO properties. He's wholesaled between 30 to 50 deals a year and rehabs between 5 to 10. He started with fix and flips, then went into wholesaling in 2009. He has over 16 years in the business, based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. With that being said, Paul, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Sure. I started rehabbing back in 2001, was rehabbing probably anywhere from five to eight deals at a time going on until the end of 2007, early 2008, when the market really started to drop. At that point, I got out of the rehab game because I was losing money on a lot of these different deals. So I had to shift my focus wholesaling. And this is all in the Philadelphia market. I switched basically from rehabbing to wholesaling, still doing some rehabbing, but on a very small scale. We're limited to maybe do three, four deals a year rehabbing. And the rest of the deals we were wholesaling. At this point, we exclusively shifted to bank-owned properties as well. Started doing it more remotely in 2011. Started buying out of state, out in Ohio, Indiana, New Jersey, Delaware, Virginia. Started continue to expand out as it got more comfortable in these markets, and just kept on growing and growing and growing. So now I buy all over the country, and we do anywhere from a low amount of year is 50 to 100 deals a year. So that's kind of where it stands now. 
Why shift from local to national? Basically, it was more for inventory purposes, much anything. If you find a good deal, obviously, no matter where it is, you're still going to be able to move it, in my view. And I enjoyed learning new markets and going into different areas. So it was actually just something I really enjoyed doing. I like traveling. So I don't mind going to an area, spending a few days there, learning a little bit about the market, and then start to buy in that market. And that gives you more inventory to choose from, right? If you're just in your own hometown or you're within a couple hours of your house, you're only limited to a certain basket of properties. If you open it to the whole country, then you're open to a heck of a lot more opportunities. When you come across a deal that's in another market, even if you've been there for two, three days, I'm sure it's still challenging to know that specific area. So how do you determine how much the property is worth and what you want to sell it for? That's a really good question. That's the tricky part because in any market, you have good zip codes and bad zip codes to buy. And, and even if I'm only there two or three days, I'm not going to learn anywhere near the whole market. I'm going to learn a small percentage of the market. So I actually rely heavily on other wholesalers in those markets and other rehabbers. You can match up with these guys on Craigslist and just find out what zip codes their buyers are actively buying in, what zip codes to stay away from. The guys that have been doing wholesaling for a while are the ones you want to rely on, not the guys that are just new to the game. And as far as rehabbers, they'll tell you exactly what areas they buy in, what areas they don't buy in, and why. So those have been my best resources. Realtors are an okay resource. They're really your best resource for comps, obviously. But you're not necessarily going to get that zip code by zip code area, the good, the bad, the ugly, from a realtor as well as you will from a wholesaler rehabber. That's great input. Say you're going to a new city, you'll go on and you visit it for a couple of days. Now you're coming back. Now you're getting some deals. You'll go on Craigslist and identify wholesalers and rehabbers and see where the wholesalers are selling properties and the rehabbers are rehabbing them. Yeah, absolutely. And if I'm planning on going to that market, say I'm going to St. Louis, I'll actually go on a Craigslist beforehand, try to phone interview a few of these guys and maybe meet one or two of them while I'm out there. So that way I'm not doing it twice. Rather mm-hmm. just go out there once, meet with these guys, find out what their buyers are looking for, do some joint venture deals. We've done a lot of joint venture deals with a lot of different wholesalers out there. And that's been a big part of our business and it really helps. And it helps you lowers your risk for mistakes when you're doing it that way. What is a tough deal that you would have to wholesale? That would be deals that we get in more rural areas, the ones that are out there, the ones that are not in the cities, not in the direct suburbs to places and less fire pool, obviously. So those end up being the harder deals to move. That is for sure. I asked that question because I actually came across a wholesale deal in a very rural area of Pennsylvania, and I don't wholesale. It's just someone who I knew, and he had a portfolio of, say, like 20, 25 single-family homes in a town. A Walmart gets more traffic than the amount of total population for this town in one day. And it's not my business model, so I talked to a couple people who I knew wholesaled and none of them were able to move it because it was in such a small town. So who is your buyer for a remote town with a property? This is one of the most interesting things you'll find out. Because these places are more remote, you also don't have great Wi-Fi access in those areas and you have an elderly population. We sell the majority of our properties through newspaper ads in those markets, believe it or not. Mm. ads do the best much better than Craigslist and any of those things, and direct mail marketing. So we direct mail to cash buyers list 
in those areas, wherever is close to it, those are our best buyers. And when we get buyers through Craigslist, we generally are getting somebody who is looking to live in that property, not necessarily to do it as a rental. Most of the time we get somebody who's looking to own or occupy the property and they happen to have some cash. But yeah, newspaper ads, believe it or not, most expensive. It's not cheap to do newspaper ads, but they work pretty darn well in rural areas. That's a great tip. Anywhere is an elderly population, newspaper ads work well because they still read them. They're online doing stuff. They're still reading the print. Paul, you're doing 30 to 50 deals a year, rehabbing 5 to 10. Are the rehabs local? Most of my rehabs are local. However, I do have two that I did down in southern Florida. My dad lives down there. And I have four that I've done this year in Tucson, Arizona that have been rehabs. Some just paint carpets, some full rehabs. And the only reason I do that in that area is because I have a really good agent who basically runs a whole rehab for me. I pay him a little bit extra, especially on the commission side and off the side. But that's the only reason I do that in that market. If I don't have somebody like that, I won't do that because that's remote rehabbing. It gets really hard and it gets really tough to monitor and control. So I try to keep most of my rehabs within, say, about two hours from where I live. What's a lesson learned as you've scaled your business with wholesaling in particular, and you've gone from local to now national, what can you tell us about something you've learned along the way? Best lesson learned is don't buy those ugly piece of junk, super cheap properties because they could be really difficult to move. I guess last year I did four or five of them. I lost money on a couple of those and they just drew so much of my time. They're so difficult to move because of the amount of work needed. So I've gone away from those properties that need a ton and just tried to go to the ones that need your more basic rehab, right? Not ones that needs everything done, foundation issues or anything like that. Mm -hmm. That's a big lesson learned there on that. Why does that matter if you're wholesaling it? On two of those properties in particular, we had buyers under contract three separate times on both of them, and they all fell off. And then we had to lower the price to get it to a really good attractive number to where somebody stuck with it. I think it was just too much time to think and they realized they're looking at it and seeing how many repairs it needs and it gets above what they're looking to do and they just bail out. Mm -hmm. We got some deposits on that, which helped, but Mm -hmm. we still ended up losing money on those deals. Paul, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? I'm going to make it to this market right now. Okay. Interesting thing about the market we're in, we're in a different market than we've been in since, I want to say 2005, six, where you can make money almost doing anything. It's not quite as good as it was then, but it's still pretty good. Right now, a lot of my wholesale deals I'm getting, I'm listing on the MLS in different areas, flat fee listing agents, and we're moving them at higher dollar amounts than we would if we're just going on Craigslist or selling them direct mail marketing. We're selling them to our cash buyers list. We're actually doing better there than we are on your traditional side. So right now, that is a really good market to hit, as well as just doing your wholetailing, where you just make it mortgageable. Just do some paint and carpet, make it look good, and make sure you don't have any chipping paint or anything like that. That is a good one right there. I have other things I could probably give as well, if you want to hear those. Yeah, please do. Another great resource for me, I'm not a big fan of rentals. I've had rentals. I sold all of them off. I'm down to one, and that one's going to be sold over the Why? next I hate the hassle of them is what it comes down to. Hassle of them is just, just drives me nuts and it's such a time suck. And I try to be lazy with my business, lazy in this way. I want to get the most out with doing a minimal effort. I think everybody wants that life, right? Mm-hmm. So rentals, they just drag every little bit of energy out of you. They can be difficult, but they can be really fruitful long-term. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing something on long-term. But what I've switched to 
is an owner finance model. And I've done this a lot with investors right now to avoid the Dodd-Frank Act, but I also still do owner financing to owner occupants as well. Mm-hmm. Those are far less maintenance. I don't have to worry about if the toilet breaks or if the, something goes wrong with the dishwasher or garbage disposal, any of those kind of things. That's not my issue. I'm just collecting the note and I don't have any other headaches with it. My only headaches are making sure the taxes are paid, that the insurance is there covering and protecting me and that they pay. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, they're low maintenance, they're nice and easy, and that steady monthly income is good. Even though it's only set for a fixed period of time, I really, really prefer those over rentals. But there are tax drawbacks to them, obviously. Yeah, and thank you for mentioning the pros and cons. I love how you've said this objectively. So on the tax disadvantages, what are they? With rentals, you get to write off depreciation. You get to write off your interest expense, your real estate taxes, your insurance. So on a note, I'm not really getting right off anything. I don't have any depreciation, right? It's all pure income coming in. So it just adds to my tax liability, unfortunately. But if you can put some of those notes into your IRA, then you kind of avoid that. Then you're kicking it down the road. It's great for building IRAs. I really, really am a big fan of using them to build your wealth in your IRA or your 401k. And you're not worried about the tax ramifications. It's down the road. You have to worry about that. Mm Mm-hmm. What is your end game then if it's not having a portfolio of properties that are eventually paid off and bringing in monthly rent checks? What are you doing for the long term? My long term goal is I have two of them that I want to get into. And this will be a little less maintenance. One, I want to get into self-storage facilities. That would be the rental income I'd like to have. They're much lower maintenance. There's maintenance, but there's nowhere near the same kind of maintenance as there is on a traditional rental. That's one source. The other one, I may get into apartment investing. That's a little more maintenance, obviously, but... Yes, it is. (laughs) A lot more maintenance. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, you're going to have costs. You're going to have so many more added costs on that, which is why I prefer, rather than do the apartments, because, you know, you're going to unfortunately have to worry about the toilets. You're going to have maintenance. You're going to have people. You're going to have to constantly have on call to make repairs. Self-storage isn't nearly as bad, and they're pretty profitable. But yeah, expensive right now. <laughs> With my single family homes, I only have three single family homes, but they are so turnkey, it's ridiculous. And it's because of the management company compared to apartments. Holy cow, that is much more active. So if you have these two options and your focus is on being passive, holy, go self storage. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Joe. On the single families are far better than the duplexes. I've had duplexes, quadruplexes, triplexes, and they're much more of a time suck and it costs yeah. a lot more money and there's a lot more turnover of people. Mm-hmm. The single families I've had, I've had people in there four, five, six, seven, eight years at a time. I've just did a big addition on our house, which is part of the reason I sold off some of my rentals to pay for the addition here. And I just got tired of some of the maintenance on some of them and some of the turnover on certain ones. Just like a stock portfolio, you're getting rid of your dogs. Yeah. And now I'm getting rid of one that is a very good cash flow one, but it's turning into a note. So I'm getting my money back on the down money that the buyer's putting in there. And then I'm having a note on a property. So mm-hmm. I'll be getting long-term income from it that way. Okay. Very cool. Nice creative approach. And I sold off one of them because it just wasn't like the others and kept the other three. All right, well, Paul, you ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, absolutely. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? 
Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Uh, you know, um, Rich Dad is truly the best one. What's the best ever deal you've done? A rehab where we made a little over 100K. That's a good one. Can you elaborate on how you're able to do that? It was a bank-owned property. We picked it up for 60K. We put about 40 into it, but we sold it for about two, I think it was about 230 on that one. It was just a really, really good one. We just kind of lucky. It was sitting on a market for a little while. It was listed much higher. They took our low bid and we ran with it. We really did it up. We really put some good money and really had some nice upgrades on it. We finished off the attic, which made a big master suite up there. We added a full second bathroom and another half bathroom and really expanded the kitchen. So it really just made the place beautiful and sold quickly. Best ever way you like to give back? Coaching. I coach travel baseball. I coach my middle son now. Last year, I coached my older son. I coach basketball. My 12-year-old team, we're going to Cooperstown this summer. And there's nothing like giving back to kids and teaching them how to get better at sports and correlating sports to life. That's my favorite way to give back. Did you say they're going to Cooperstown? We're going to Cooperstown. Every 12-year-old team is eligible to go to Cooperstown. You have to get on a waiting list there. And luckily, our township has had it every year. So we're there, and then we're hoping to get two teams there next year. It's a lot of fun. It's very expensive. It's like 1000 bucks a kid, plus cost of pins, pants, and all these kind of different expenses that come in there. But it's a ball. It's so much fun. What's a mistake you've made on a real estate deal that you can think of? Okay, so this goes back to when I was rehabbing about eight at a time in 2007, 2008, when the market started to tank. And I had some properties where I was pouring in 75, 100,000 to these rehabs. And the market just totally tanked. And I lost money on six out of the eight. So what it taught me is, one, to scale back and pull back on what you put into a rehab. And also spread yourself more evenly. I wanted to diversify my portfolio, which is why I got in wholesaling. So you always have income coming in rather than waiting for just these flips to close, which taking a three to six months mm-hmm. by the time you fix it up and resell it. So or stagger them a little bit. Yes, exactly. So you're not so, always so cash strapped and waiting for the next check. The great thing about wholesaling is every week we're selling something. We've got income coming in. So it's great. It's only maybe 10000 compared to 30 or 40 that you can get on a rehab. But still, it's constantly turning. You're not doing anything to the property. Yeah, and you don't have a lot of risk with that property because it's just marketing costs and whatever your team costs, right? Exactly. What is the best place best ever listeners can get in touch with you? They can reach me by email. It'll be my first and last name, P-A-U-L-L-I-Z-E-L-L at gmail.com. Do you have a website? I do. It's housedealsamerica.com. That is in the show notes for the best ever listeners. You can click on that or just email Paul directly. 
And Paul, you taught us how to wholesale a property in a remote town. And that is you simply pick up the phone, call the newspaper ads department and place some ads because there are older populations. And if you're catering to an older population in a small town, then that's where they're consuming their news. And you've been very successful and had some success with selling properties via newspaper ads in small towns. That's a real world lesson for me when I was trying to do that about a year ago or whenever that was, when I came across this one portfolio randomly. And then also your lesson at the end, six out of eight homes lost money when things shifted in the marketplace. So to diversify our portfolio, and there's many interpretations of that, one of which is to stagger them. Another would be to diversify your portfolio in what you invest in then other ways. And then lastly, scaling outside of your local market into national markets and how you identify good areas and good team members. And that's initially through Craigslist, seeing where rehabbers are rehabbing properties and wholesalers are wholesaling properties and what zip codes. So thanks so much for being on the show, Paul. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. I appreciate it. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space, but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com.